online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again. This is Food FM. You're listening to the business of food with Asma Khan. This podcast is brought to you by Distill Ventures. At Distill Ventures, we're always on the hunt for the next great drinks idea. We believe that true brand innovation comes from those who are often overlooked. And with our pre-accelerator, we aim to find those founders. With our pre-accelerator, we're searching for founders from underrepresented communities who need the funding and support to kickstart their vision. To apply to Distill Ventures pre-accelerator or to begin your journey in creating a new drinks idea, head to www.distillventures.com now. All right, this is what's just happened to me. Is there anybody you can introduce this product to that can kind of help boost the marketing, kind of get the name out there? If so has it, her brother is Stormzy's label manager. Anyway, I get an email about two, three weeks later saying, okay, Stormzy's doing a guest edit for The Guardian and can you get a bottle to Seville? It's in Spain. And I had two days to get this bottle to Spain. So I am Googling everything because to be fair, I didn't think it was real, but I was like, what's two bottles? If I waste two bottles and it's not real, it's only two bottles. Uh, But if it is real, it's going to be great. I'm scrambling everywhere trying to find, because I've never done this before. How do you get bottles to Spain? Well, I'm very proud as a Londoner who has set up a business in this city to actually interview a London-born entrepreneur who has done something quite amazing and impressive. And I don't know know, how is the best way to introduce Sam Williams of Los Alas, but I think that what makes him really unusual is his age, his ethnicity, his background, the drive, the passion, and then the product. So very, very welcome to my show, Sam. I'm going to start by asking you, had you ever imagined you would be in this position, you know, a few years back, now that, you know, you've actually got where you wanted to go, I presume? Uh, yeah, let me just start off by just saying, like, hi, Asma, thank you for, like, having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, just your question. It's, it's so weird. If I say yes, it's going to sound a bit crazy, but actually, yes, because I'm somebody like that, you know, the belief is so strong within me. Like, I always believe things and, you know, whether they manifest or not, but I always believe that I'll, you know, get to certain stages. Like, I could be in, you know, maybe like level zero, but I always believe, you know, if I do the right things, if I work hard, um, eventually I'll get to level one or level two or level three. So I I probably am where exactly I envisioned uh, to be. That's that's great. You know, I I, I asked you this because... I, of course, you know, before uh, the show, I read up on you. You seem like someone, you know, who, if I was going into a difficult situation, I would want you by my side because the thing is that belief, I absolutely agree, is what drives, you know, uh, an entrepreneur. It is not in the end, you know, and of course, the idea of uh, the product is very important. But more than that, I think it's the self-belief, the conviction. I have to say what is very impressive is that you know, you are incredible for the fact that, you know, you come from an, you know, an, um, in an African background. So, you know, this whole thing that, you know, we always get to think that you cannot be what you cannot see. And you mm-hmm. did not see anyone who looked like you, who sounded like you, who came from that background, yet you believed that you could be where you are. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think it's like, uh, it's just like testament to, you know, just I, I say maybe like my parents and just, you know, 
again, I'm not the most religious person. However, there are some things that I do take from religion. For example, like faith is like, you know, seeing without actually, you know, believing without actually seeing anything, right? So when I was growing up, I, you know, I always used to go to church and there's things that I, took, I, I, I take from, you know, again, like, it just it doesn't matter what religion, like you still have to believe in something. So there's things that I take from religion, whereas like you have to believe. And if you, again, like do the right things, you know, whatever the goals are, something's going to happen, you know, and that's just, you know, just, you know, how I kind of lived um, as, as, as a young kid is like, I always tried to, you know, do the right things again, as a kid, like you make mistakes or whatnot, but um, I always, you know, listen to my parents. I always, you know, got some like inspiration from my parents and uh, and I kind of taken some of that you know to the business world okay and the thing is as you're talking about you know this kind of you know the inner core of who we are you know and the the influence of parents of heritage of bloodline and DNA I, I mean I just think before we I move on to my next question I think it would be good for the listeners to to hear what your background is so where are your parents from? Yeah, so both of my parents are from Nigeria. Um, they moved uh, to England pretty early on in their lives, like in their 20s and 30s. Um, and I was born here. I was born here in the UK. And um, yeah, like, you know, most immigrants have it. You know, they, they're trying to obviously make their way. And it's, just, it's even funny. I spoke to my parents recently and um, I actually had to tell them, like, they done their job, right? The, the, the first phase was to come here and set up a life and give me, you know, a better life so I can then go and achieve something, you know, better than what they done. So, yeah, like they're just, you know, immigrants from Nigeria. And um, yeah, they had me here in the UK. No, I think that that's, that's a, it's a very big factor because, you know, I, I am uh, ironically in your parents' position. I moved to this country in my 20s and I worked very hard. And I'm also still, I have a son who's 22 and the other one is 17. And I'm also trying to kind of, you know, get them to do something in their lives. It's, it's, it's so ingrained in us and, you know, it's very hard. Uh, and, you know, I speak a lot about race and discrimination and prejudice and um, I, you know, I, it's, it's very, very difficult to deal with the prejudice and the bias that a lot of people have about, you know, immigrants coming to take their jobs. It's absolutely not true. We, I know this as someone who's a restauranter that, you know, when a lot of the Eastern Europeans left after Brexit, there's no one taking their jobs. We're all without, you know, we're all with huge numbers of vacancies in hospitality. And it is, you know, this whole ethos of very hardworking is a gift we give the next generation and, you know, you are the next generation who I'm talking to. It's always very touching when you hear about, you know, so, you know, I, I, I look at you and I feel a sense of pride and hope about my own son that, you know, I hope he goes on to do something great. It's a very, very, very inspirational story, uh, you know, what you've done. And let's talk about what you've done. First of all, that bottle. So the spiced rum, I mean, it looks like a perfume bottle, you know, if it, was a miniature, if it was a miniature thing. I mean, I, you know, don't drink, but I would love to have had that bottle on my shelf somewhere just because it's so pretty. It's incredibly pretty. So what did you, you know, why did you want to do something so different? Because, I mean, you know, rum bottles look like, you know, squat, short, squared and heavy yeah. glass. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's, it's, again, as I said, like for me, 
and just go back to my parents is very earlier on, I made the decision I wasn't going to go to university, right? So coming from an immigrant background, um, my parents, obviously they were shocked. We, you know, was, there was battles between that. But for me, in my heart of hearts, I knew 100% I was going to be an entrepreneur. So as I like go throughout my, you know, journey, I learned like different things. And one thing, you know, especially like I left after A-levels, I was doing psychology, is like I love people and I love learning about people and love learning about human behaviour. Um, and as I started to progress and uh, as I started to, you know, fall into whatever I fell into, I always paid attention to like human behaviour. I paid attention to people around me. Um, before I even launched a brand, I'd go to parties and I'd literally, you know, be like some creep by the bar, but I'd be watching <laughs> what people order. And I'll be watching how they order, right? So yeah. more, a lot of times it will be like, oh, can I just have a spice rum and this? They rarely cared about the brand. They just cared about the product. They cared about what particular spirit rather than the brand. You do get those entrepreneurs or you do get those people that are more well-versed than that would call a brand by name. So I thought to myself, okay, cool. The first entry point is, all right, young people, spice rum. It's going to be easier for them to order a spice rum. However, what can I do to make my rum stick out? And I kind of looked around me and I looked at, like, again, my friends. I looked at friends of friends and just, like, being out there. And I realised a lot of people like nice things. Um, so the first thing was to get a shape of the bottle, a shape, a, a bottle shape that I'd never seen before. Something that kind of stood out in a bar where is where is a thing where it will be like, okay, as soon as you get to the bar, it catches your eye and then you ask, what is that, right? If you are a rum drinker, you're more likely to go with that because we've already, you know, engaged the first sense, which is, you know, eyes, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I'm not a rest restauranteur, but I love, you know, watching uh, food shows and people say the first thing is like you, they talk about the eyes a lot, like you, you smell yeah. your eyes or something like that. That's a, that's a saying or whatnot. So anyway, I, I, I knew that, you know, when people had seen my bottle, they'd give us a chance, right? Yeah. And um, I scoured through, you know, a lot of companies. I, you know, I spoke to, you know, I went all around the world and, uh, you know, I ended up, uh, I ended up, you know, having two bottles. Um, it was the bottle that we have now and another bottle. And I put it down to a vote between like a, a few of my friends and everybody chose uh, the current bottle that we have now. And yeah, that's how I decided to, to kind of pick that and, and go with it. No, it is really, it, it does look amazing. And, you know, I, I've read, you know, reviews. I've also read comments on social media about the product that it is really quite wonderful that it, it's layered it's it's delicate and yet you know it, it leaves that lingering kind of thing that you, you want to have it again you know i've heard about the fact that it's like christmas in a bottle um yeah. you know all this kind of of you know and how you know you could imagine this being used in desserts so it sounds quite quite incredible exciting and the color is just gorgeous it's like you know uh you know aged honey i don't know how else to describe it yes. for those who have uh, please immediately google it uh, look at the bottle go buy it because it really is a wonderful color it's uh, so you know i know that that's the kind of you know color palette that a lot of rums are but this mm -hmm. one seems to have a lot of light coming out of it which is a maybe it's to do with the bottle but it does look really uh, quite beautiful uh, so the thing is that I, I guess all of these things, you know, you worked on the product and, you know, in the end, you know, however nice the bottle, the product has to work. So what, what was the kind of background work that you did into eventually coming to how you would spice the rum? 
Yeah, so again, it's like when I look at the market and again, I've I've been to so many festivals, even like before I actually launched the brand, I was a rum collector. I used to collect rum all around the world. I used to collect rum in the UK um, and I'd, you know, try different products and spice rum in particular for rum connoisseurs isn't the go-to. So we get a lot of comments where it would be like, okay, I don't really like spice rum. I don't really like rum, but I love your rum. That's one of the biggest compliments we always get, right? So we, I, in myself realized there's a lot of spice rums that all tasted the same or were completely different but when they went to you know the other end of the spectrum being completely different I think they kind of lost themselves however how I you know based the spices I kind of you know looked at my background I looked at you know people that you know I'm friends with I looked at their background and then you know I've done a lot of testing I I, I looked at spices from you know where different people that are, are from and um I've done a lot of testing and I wanted to I wanted to you know create a spice rum where even in a cocktail you could tell that our rum's in in there right it's like it it's like you don't need to even see the bottle. You don't even to, you don't even need to even you know know that the bar the, the bar stocks are rum. But if you order a cocktail and you taste that cocktail, you'd ask the bar barman is Las Olas in there, and that's how you know we uh, aimed to make our spice rum, right? And you know we had things like dry cherries, um, cinnamon in there, which is you know quite usual. However, there's things like star nays, and we experimented a bit, and we're like, okay, great, like. After we done like various tastings, uh, hundreds of people tasted our spice rum. We we thought, okay, great, we've got something that represents us, represents our culture. It, it's different enough that people can you know taste it in a cocktail, but it's unique and you know it it, it doesn't go over that end of the spectrum uh, where it's a, a bit disgusting. Yeah, so the, because the thing is that I'm I'm sure that you know I was you know of course an, not an expert on rum, but I was surprised that, you know, spiced rum was a thing. And because, you know, I've always just presumed people have rum and Coke and that's it, you know, they just put Coca-Cola or something in it. And, um, and uh, you know, the kind of, you know, what the rum is doesn't matter. But it was fascinating to, to see that, you know, it's not. And that's just because, you know, I'm, I'm a layman and, you know, I wouldn't know. But it was really interesting to know that this is something that, you know, is now becoming uh, important for people that, I mean, I know that in our in our restaurant, you know, when people make cocktails, you know, uh, we have a whole team that work on things that, you know, they it's not a alcohol that they're putting into a cocktail because I think that's nice to see that change happening, that people actually now want to use products that are distinctive, that are, you know, recognizable, just as you said. And I think that that is, is, a, is, a, is also opens a door for, for new entrepreneurs to come on board. But I want to go back to how you were obviously convinced that this would work because, you know, a lot of work has gone into it. But I have not read or maybe I missed. How did you finance yourself? Because that is the biggest problem people who are not white have with raising money in the food and drinks business. Because you do not, because you're so unusual, I feel that a lot of us, and I have done this myself, jump hoops that no one else has to jump. We need to prove ourselves harder and more than others. And when you come from a background where, you know, your parents were not in business, it's even harder because you need to teach yourself a lot of things because, you know, the gift that you have as an immigrant is faith, it is belief, it is passion, it is the drive to succeed. These are all the positives. 
The negative is that it's unlikely that your parents are going to be entrepreneurs. Most likely they'll just work and do several jobs and are, are hardworking, are teachers, you know, are, you know, people who, who are professionals. And so I want to know that aspect, you know, of, of this business journey that you had to do. 100%. And I love what you mentioned in regards to like, just like immigrants, it's different from us and we can't really get money from our parents because, you know, very earlier on, I find the term uh, friends and family round super disrespectful. Would like, cause that doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist <laughs> no. for us. You, you sure? no. So like, yeah, like when I heard that, I was like, what friends, what family are gonna be able to give me the first round? Uh, but yeah, yeah in, re in regards to me, how I funded the business is, as I said, very early on, I decided I'm not gonna go university. However, I know, I, I knew that I needed the funds for something, right? There wasn't something at that time, I, when I left A-levels, however, I, I did stumble into various things, but I went straight into work. And I, it's, it's, it's interesting because I first started, I left my A-levels and then I went into college because I was still playing football at the time. So I, I did want to become a footballer, but it's funny because it, in my college interview, first they were like, how does somebody that's just left A-levels want to come to this college to play football? It was insane. But I, in my head, I was like, I wanted to, one, do something I, I really enjoyed while I'm just figuring it out. Um, and two, uh, they were like, okay, they were interviewing me for the football college. Like they found it weird that somebody that was educated, that got the amount of GCSEs I got, that got the AS levels I got. They, they found it super weird that I wanted to come here. And um, they asked me, oh, okay, maybe you wanted to be a footballer. So what do you want to be when you're older? And I said, I wanted to own multiple properties, right? So I'm on a football course in college <laughs> where I shouldn't be. And I'm telling them about business, right? So very early on. So when I left that college, I became, I wanted to get into work because I knew I needed to save. Um, and I knew I needed to save to some, uh, for something. So I done a course in painting and decorating. And then um, I got a job as an apprentice painting and decorator for the renovation of Baker Street Station. Um, so Baker Street Station about five, six years ago went, uh, went under a major renovation worth like millions and millions of pounds. And I started as a, an apprentice decorator. Um, but with me, with my ambition, I knew that wasn't it. So while I was at that job, I saw like different roles. So there'd be, you know, different senior people. And I just asked, oh, how did you do this? How did you do that? And um, they told me what courses you need to do. So naturally I'd go to the manager and I'd be, and, and I'd ask, okay, can I do this course? He'd take it to the person above them. They'd say no. I found it really, really, really weird that they'd say no, because there's somebody that wanted to, you know, strive and achieve, but you know, I, I didn't really take it to heart. I knew what it was. I didn't take it to heart. So every paycheck I got, I'd uh, reinvest it into myself and I'd pay for those courses. And I started to move up within the company and there was multiple battles I had to go with. You know, it's a construction industry. Um, it's very, very, yeah, it's very racist. Um, whether it, whether yes. that be over or covert, it is very, very racist. But I managed to work my way up to be a site person in charge. When you're doing night work, you get paid a premium because it's at night. So because I was getting paid quite decently for my age, I think I might have been around 19 or 20 at that time, um, I managed to save a lot. And then as soon as uh, the Crossrail, which I don't know <laughs> what's happening with that, but that was announced that that was going to happen around that time. So I moved over uh, um, to like Crossrail projects. And again, I used to work at night and uh, my job got slightly more dangerous. It was easier, but more dangerous because 
um, I then became like an electrical engineer. And this is crazy because, again, you're getting paid a lot, but like your life's at risk because you, you're working with high voltage. I think it's about maybe about 25,000 volts that go through the overhead line. And I'd be saving, saving. And again, I'd, I'd run into the same issues, but I'd always, always find a way, even if I had to pay for myself, do the courses. Um, so I managed to kind of, I managed to like save a lot of money uh, during, you know, my time working, uh, you know, night times. And again, like it, me it meant that I had no social life, uh, but I'd always, um, yeah, I'd always save. Um, and yeah, like, as I said, I stumbled into other things that didn't work. But once I realized I found something I really, really loved, um, I just threw all my eggs in one basket and I said, it's time to go. Uh, and I quit my job, which was a story in itself. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. You're listening to The Business of Food with Asma Khan, brought to you by Distill Ventures. To apply to Distill Ventures Pre-Accelerator or to begin your journey in creating a new drinks idea, head to www.distillventures.com now. No, but this is actually really interesting. I think that, you know, for uh, people who have an ambition that they want to be entrepreneurs. It was very inspirational to hear the fact that you worked yourself to that point where you had saved enough money, you paid for your courses, you know, because uh, I often get asked this, you know, that, oh, you know, your law degree was wasted. And, you know, why did you have a PhD in law? And I think that, you know, even if it's a simple course or it's a PhD or whatever it is, you learn all the time, you know, from people, from experiences. And I think it's great to hear you saying that, you know, you to ask to people, you know, how did you get the, what you have done? What, what did you learn? Asking, you know, I think so many young people, you know, are afraid to ask questions because they don't want to be laughed at. And, you know, and obviously sometimes, you know, clearly from what you're saying, you know, for whatever reason, which, you know, you and I both know, but, you know, people, there's a pushback to, you know, not giving you the money for it or feeling that, you know, this is something he's just wasting his time, you know, he's not going to get anywhere with it or she's not going to get anywhere with it, but you persisted and you went ahead. I think that all of these are building blocks to being an entrepreneur. It's not a magic bullet. It doesn't happen overnight. And clearly from listening to you, you know, from, you know, redecorating Baker Street Station to, you know, working with high voltage to then having your own product. So, you know, it, it, if there is a, you know, it's always fascinating to read the journey of the entrepreneur. And, you know, yours is obviously very unique and quite interesting to see you got where you did. But I, you know, now talking about the product and, you know, give me the timeline, you know, so when was it launched? Was it over the COVID period or just before? I think it was just before, right? Yes, just before. So we launched uh, November 2019. Uh, now we know uh, through what's uh, coming, like COVID was developing in other countries. But to us, we had no idea. But yeah. what I will say, what I will say is it's, it's insane because another friend of mine didn't go uni, but he's probably one of the smartest people I've, I've ever met. Before I got into this business, so... I knew through just like I, I, I study everything. I like I, as I said, I've I've watched so many cooking shows. So after after we finish, I'll ask you a question because I think it, it whatever. But anyway, I study so many things. So I'll put you something. So maybe about three four months before I start, I typed into Google: Is alcohol recession proof? Right. Is alcohol recession yeah. proof? If a recession hit, would I be able to survive? The questions and answers I got, like, so the answers I got in this forum were super, super interesting. It was basically saying no, however, right? It's, it's one of the best businesses to get into if a recession does hit, right? Because, you know, certain things, 
you know, certain things do happen and it's it's just one of those uh, businesses that might yeah. be able to survive. And that was enough for me, right? That was enough for me. So when I did start, even though I was going to start anyway, but when I did start, I started November 2019 and we launched and we didn't really have, we didn't have a marketing budget. Our bottle was our marketing budget. Our bottle was our marketing. However, uh, before I launched, I, all throughout summer, I'd go to all these parties and I'd have a bottle. Um, it was a prototype bottle and I'd show people this is what I'm doing. And again, I'd yeah. ask questions. What do you think about the design? What do you think about the bottle? And then eventually, I ha when our recipe um, of the rum was done, I had that before the bottle. So what I did is I sponsored a party for like a, a cocktail so I sponsored a party so then people got to you know taste the cocktail yeah. um with the rum inside and then after that I sold jumpers with our logo on so like people were basically walking around with our logo you know with these jumpers before I had the product so okay. then we had a little bit of a buzz rather than yeah. launching it without anything we had like a little bit of a buzz um and we done like quite well um but then we shot some content um in november as well uh and that was gonna kind of like see us through to you know the following year and it's so funny like how crazy how life how life works because the videographer that shot our content ran off with the content and he ran off with our money and he oh. didn't give us no content right so i had given like everything in my pocket oh, for this no. guy to shoot this content and he just disappeared so immediately i go back to asking so i go to my friend i say all right this is what's just happened to me can you like help me out in regards to is there anybody you can introduce this product to that can kind of help you know boost the marketing kind of get the name out there it so has it that her friend sorry her brother is um stormzy's label manager However, I didn't ask for Stormzy. I just asked. I said, could you help? Anyway, I get an email about two, three weeks later saying, okay, Stormzy's doing a guest uh, edit for The Guardian. And can you get a bottle to... It was like in Seville. It's in Spain. And I had two days to get this bottle to Spain. So I'm Googling everything. Because I, to be fair, I didn't think it was real. But I was like, what's two bottles, right? If yeah, I waste two yeah. bottles and it, it's not real, it's only two bottles. Uh, yeah. But if it is real, it's going to be great. So I'm scrambling everywhere trying to find... Because I've never done this before. How do you get bottles to Spain? Oh my and God, I, yes. I, I, I find a shop... Right, but the shutters are closed and it's almost the end of the day. And I'm banging on the shop, I'm banging on the shop, I'm banging on the, the shutters, and I'm like calling, calling because it's not supposed to be closed. But it turns out that the owner of the shop was literally going out. He was the only one in. So he was going out and he closed the shutters because it was uh. going to go out. Luckily, he was just going out. So I caught him as he was coming out and I was like, okay, can you do this for me? But again, two things. I didn't know if it was real. And then also the company I was using to send the bottles, I didn't know if they were real. I just found them on the internet. And I was just thinking, all right, whatever happens, happens. And then I get a message maybe like a week later. Oh, pick up the Guardian. It must. It was a Sunday. I remember this like so vividly because I just left my girlfriend's house. It was a Sunday, Sunday morning. And I went to, uh, I won't name petrol station. <laughs> 
and they're not paying. So I, I went to a petrol station and I picked up the Guardian and I was looking through. I thought, oh. but then there's the magazine which is the Observer, and I picked it yeah. up and I saw us in there as one of Stormzy's free bowl, uh, favorite bowls. So yes. that was like so amazing for us, um, and it, I, I didn't care about the content. And then uh, yeah, then the new year, you know, like that's like we're still on a high, and then obviously COVID hit. Yeah, uh, which was around March. It actually, we went into lockdown on my birthday, so I haven't had any birthdays. Like, I haven't been out for my birthday <laughs> in about two years or whatever. Yeah. It is. And then COVID hit, and I was a bit worried. But you know, luck has it is everybody's at home. People, we we started like you know showing people to do like like um, showing content, getting people to make cocktails, and yeah. we were very steady throughout um, uh, COVID. Like it didn't affect us like it affected other businesses. And yeah. because I went f like again before I started, I was like, okay, we're gonna do this like a music model when we build up a community first, then we yeah. go to the on trade. So because yeah. I wasn't on the on trade, that's why we managed to survive COVID basically. Yeah, I know. I because I, I, uh, you know, you were selling online, and I, I read yeah. that the 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 day you launched your website crashed because yes, obviously, crashed. Uh, you, yes, yes. I, I was reading that, and you know, all these teething problems. But you know, it's interesting because you now I know why you went. I was trying to figure out, you know, not very clear why he was setting it up online first and not trying to get, uh, you know, get into retail. But that yeah. makes sense. But that probably saved you because. Uh, you know, you you could then sell direct to customers and exactly you know, that. You know, I'm when we went into lockdown. I mean, I'm a restaurant. I had mm -hmm. to learn how to do deliveries, and then I had to also learn how to do uh, post the food, chill wow. pack food, and post. You know, nightmare. You know, couldn't get boxes. We, you know, things were leaking. Customers would send us everything like a soggy mess because we were still learning. We were learning how to post. You know, food, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and then it it was just a huge learning curve for all of us. Uh, and yeah, a crazy time for you to have, uh, you know, and I know, I mean, March 25th, you know, the world stopped for all of us, you know, we, we had to shut down and, you know, move to completely different models, you know, for a time, everyone was just sitting around. But yeah, so it's fascinating, because, you know, you're lucky, you, you, you know, you made decisions, and you turned out to be on the right side of history, when it comes to, you know, launching a product, you did the right things. And, uh, you know, and selling directly, obviously helped a lot. So, you know, of course, now you have the product out, you know, you've learned a lot of lessons along the way. Where, where are you going next? Um, I've learned so many lessons and where I want to go next is I, I, I feel like I have enough brand awareness and I feel like we are quite ingrained within like our community and different communities now because we've been doing so many events. I want to go into like some of the best bars in the, in the UK and you know that that would be that for like yeah, again for the first year but I want to start approaching bars and getting them you know t telling them my story telling them about the brand giving them a taste and then, you know, hoping we can be stocked because I think it's time for the on-trade. I, I didn't want to rush the brand. Yeah, like now is is probably the perfect time to go there and, and, and get our, uh, and kind of make our mark uh, and become one of those staple brands, you know, on the shelf. And that would be, you know, one of my first plans. And then second plan, potentially like launching, you know, like a white rum next year as well. Uh, we definitely want to, you know, expand our, our product range in in that sense and yeah just you know take the on trade uh by storm and again every time i i meet a bartender I've, I've built up so many relationships and it's funny because i'm not in any of their bars but i've just been building steady relationships over the you know the last two years and just you know just 
you know, getting my name out there, getting my face out there. So when I do come knocking, I'm familiar. So yeah, that's that's that's, that's the plan. That's the plan next. But I mean, this kind of getting the backing from Stormzy, you know, the thing is that, you know, a lot of it, you know, is faith and destiny. These things happen, you know, and like this whole story of the fact that, you know, after having someone stealing your money and running off, someone asks you to send two bottles to Stormzy, you would think, hmm, you know, another ripoff. And, yes. you know, you still did it because, you know, you were like, you know, what's two bottles? But what did it do? And I read the article. I thought it was yeah. great, you know. And, you know, yeah. have someone like him, you know, and London, you know, London is this big thing, you know. Uh, I, I feel that, you know, there is a magic in those who have picked up themselves from where they are in London from their background and whatever and risen, you know, up. I, you know, Stromzy is, is a fascinating character. And I think that, you know, we all owe it, you know, for those of us who have made it. I've often said this. I've said it in every film that I've made, in every interview, that, you know, when you are in a position of power and privilege, it is your duty of care to pull others up because you made it because of accidents of destiny, you know, things that happened. And I think that once you make it, you owe it to the ones coming after you to clear their pathways. And, you know, and Stormzy is great because I just thought it was brilliant. that, And I didn't even realize it was so new on that time. Uh, you know, I, I read a lot about the launch end of, of 2019, yeah. the website crashing and all of this. And I was thinking, I can just imagine how desperately, frantically, you know, you, you guys try to sort things out. Yeah. Uh, and I know because the person who wrote that did say that, you know, you guys called back and great, you know, customer service, sorting it out. So it's, 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 you know, I, I'm smiling because I, I, I've been through this. So I know exactly how horrendous it is, you know, when things happen which are technical and, you know, you just, it's out of your control. Yeah, um, exactly that. It was so out of our control. Um, it's funny because when we did our website and the reason why it crashed is because, well, we was on like a different website provider that, that, that we're on now and it didn't expect they didn't expect that much traffic. Yeah. So when it crashed, I'm basically calling my host provider in America and my bill was so, my phone bill was so crazy then. Um, so I remember just trying to work it out and yeah, we're like we managed to just, you know, get it fixed and it was like super, super interesting. And just like back on Stormzy, because uh, I think about two, three, well, two, three days ago, uh, I was, uh, he had a, he has a charity thing. Uh, well, it, it just started. It's, it's in Croydon and I, I attended that event and um what he does for his community is just insane like yeah. uh, he's just giving away like so many presents making people's christmases talent shows everybody's winning things parents helping them food drinks everything like he he th i've never seen an artist in the uk like him right he's such yeah. a given person right so like eventually like i met him maybe like after he done an article i met him maybe like two three weeks after that and again like just like the words of encouragement and then even his 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 management sometimes i'll see his management name on our you know when someone buys a bottle and i see the names and whatnot i see his management so he actually does buy bottles as well his management does buy bottles but again he's such a caring and giving person right and that's like such so, again like similar to like what i am so it, it it was like a great person to be aligned with and it, it came out of nowhere and um yeah that's 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 when we when i get to that stage that's something i want to be doing i want to be you know helping and giving to uh, back to my community and just like just just you know paying it forward and i think it's very important as you said to kind of help people that are coming after you yeah absolutely what does your family now think of you you didn't go to college you didn't do the immigrant kid thing 
which is like they, your parents work so hard so that you get a degree yeah. and you stand there with a gown and they take a picture and send it to all the relatives that you know yeah. my son has graduated or my daughter has graduated <laughs> this is like you know absolutely minimum immigrant passport you know yes. their parents will this is like their right you know they're going to do three jobs they're going to work at nights they're going to work really hard but that is what you need to deliver and you didn't you delivered yeah. a beautiful bottle and a business <laughs> and something so different so what do they think of you now I think my parents are really, really proud. Like my my dad and my mom tell me that like a lot of time. Lot, lot of time. Like my mom is still like super worried as a parent. She's like, yeah, super worried. Like, oh, how are things going? She always asks me like, how's business going. My dad asks me how's business going. But I think they're super proud, and I think it's like super funny because at one point, because I was like going to different parties, I had a bunch of cups, branded cups, in my in well, in my parents' house. And they were just all branded with our logo because, yeah, we just want, wanted people to, like, drink out of our cups, right? Yeah. And my mum thought I was selling cups. Mum was like, are you selling cups? Or, oh. like, <laughs> yeah. So it was, like, a proper funny time where she thought I was, like, selling cups. And, oh. um, yeah, now, yeah, again, like, they're, they're super proud. And um, I, I always say, like, there's so much work to be done right now. But just, you know, at, I feel like at this stage, I feel like I, I've proven that I went my right way. I've I, I proven like it, it was correct to go this way. And whatever happens, I'm just like super proud that I, I went my own route and uh, and I'm doing something that's that's totally different from you know the the normal immigrant kids. Um, I didn't go uni, yeah, the, the, the being a doctor, being a lawyer or whatnot. And again, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, those Absolutely. things are super amazing. And I'm, I've have friends that are lawyers and doc, doctors and stuff like that. But if you, whatever your heart's in, like if your heart ain't in it, then it's, it's not in it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, your story is really fascinating. But the thing is that, you know, there are many people who are in the position that you were in, which is, you know, parents, not entrepreneurs, you know, coming from a background where, you know, no one has done anything like this before. And, you know, just literally, you know, you're winging it, you're learning how to do things. What is like, give me some of the essential things is important for someone who wants to be what you are now and, you know, who wants to aspire to, to introduce a product, a drink, food, anything related, because, you know, this is, you know, the program is the business of food. So it's really people who will be listening in who, you know, either have a product, have a dream, have a passion or listening to you may decide to, to, to do something because, you know, it, you know, they realize that, you know, it's possible to dream a dream and imagine and visualize that product mm -hmm. and the success which you have. So, you know, what is the advice that you would give people? I mean, you've already said this about, you know, talking to people, learning, but is there anything else that you would say is really important? I, I, I did say like talking to people, learning, but I think like it's important to study, right? So again, you don't have to go university. However, there's like business things that I read and I study on like consistently, right? To the, to the, to, to the point where now, I feel like I'm well versed in business. I wasn't when I first started, but now I feel like I am. Like now, now I am, right? And I made a conscious effort to to listen to audiobooks, to read books, to listen to business related podcasts, and learn about different stories, learn about different struggles, and learn how I can navigate. I think that's like probably the biggest thing because now I'm like super, super confident going into uh, let's say a negotiation right i can go into a negotiation knowing okay 
this is what happened with another brand. I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't do that. The pitfalls of, you know, going with this and going with that and and coming to, you know, any situation um, just clear-headed, level-headed and knowing that they probably do not know more than me because I've done and I've studied and I've done whatever it needs, whatever I need I needed to do, I've done it. There's also, there's more work and I never stop learning. And I think that's like super, super important. I think like faith is super, super important. And then also never underestimate the power of your network. And the reason why I'm going to say that, I'm going to leave this, I'm going to leave this point on this because at one point when I first started and I told people I was doing a run, so this was map in like 2018. So I quit my job a year before we launched. So in 2018, I was telling people, oh, I'm going to do like, I'm going to do a run. Uh, I was still going through the licenses and to come. So I was so close not to having my own recipe. So this is a recipe I've developed my own currently, but I was so close to doing my brand and just white label from another brand. But I knew the power of ownership and I didn't want anyone to have anything over me. Again, like some, you're always at the beg and mercy of suppliers, but things that I wanted to control, I, I needed to control and the recipe was one. So the brand turned around to me. So the company turned around to me after I've been telling people, I'm shouting, I'm doing a rum, I'm doing a rum. They turn around to me and say, we can't do your contract anymore because it's not viable for us. It's too small. But I think it was the, you know, the whole back and forth with the recipe. So now I told people I'm doing a rum and basically I had no rum. <laughs> I had no product. I didn't know where to source it. However, in my head, I knew that somebody trained the owner of another, so a massive restaurant in London, and they actually, they've, they've expanded now, they're in New York or whatever. So my friend is a football coach and he trained that person's son. So I asked my friend, can you introduce me to that person? Because they had a relationship, we trained his son. My friend introduced me to the CEO or, or the founder of said restaurant. I could say it anyways, Hawksmoor. They introduced me to the guy uh, that founded Hawksmoor. And the guy from Hawksmoor, I told him my situation. I said, this is what's just happened to me. Companies basically pulled the rug under my feet. There's yeah. no, I have no contract, no nothing. Can you introduce me to anybody in the rum industry? This was just a wild shout. And he then introduced me to, I call him my guardian angel, somebody who's like create, massive in the rum industry. And that person in the rum industry then introduced me to a place where I can create my own recipe. And that's it. That was literally network and asking. You're, that's really great. It's a brilliant story. And yeah, Hawksmoor, I know that they, they do great stuff, you know. And, you know, I, I think people should be unafraid to ask, you know, what you just did. This is something that, you know, this is the biggest lesson. So anyone who's listening, this is what you should do. That, you know, you ask, you ask, and there is no, what can happen? The worst thing can happen is they can say no. Although I don't know anyone, you know, I can't help you. But, or they can be, you know, the, the guy who sent the bottles to Stromzy, the guy who, you know, you've got to be a little brave. I think that is something that is not emphasized enough. Keep your ego outside. You know, I think that a lot of people, it's not, some of it is ego is not the way I said, it's not about arrogance, but this, this, oh, you know, I, how am I going to feel when they say no? How are you going to feel when they say yes? You know, you're exactly. going to be, yeah. And I think that this, this whole idea that, you know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, yes, a lot of, you know, I, I know this must have happened to you, happened to me as well. So many knockbacks, so many doors being closed <laughs> on our face, you know, and you don't know whether it's to do with race or whether it's to do with gender, whether it's to just do the fact that, you know, you're so unfamiliar from the usual people they're dealing with. This makes them nervous because they've never dealt with anyone that looks like you. Uh, or has that kind of background. So all these things, you know, the pushback happens. But I think that's a really great story because it really, 
you know i think this is this you know i would i think this is the best way to to end this really interesting conversation because i want people to you know take this away from this entire conversation the idea that you know you didn't give up you went you used your network and you went forward and now you know i i think it's really important because you did you didn't go to college and you went to judo football and you had so i think irrespective you know you don't have to be in oxbridge you don't have to have gone to public school it's really important to emphasize that because people think this is how people network we all have our communities we all have our networks and you know your story really shows that you used passion and your connections and friends and you know all of that and your faith and your parents background and everything you learned as an immigrant to be where you are it's been fascinating talking to you sam and i wish you all the best and i look forward to seeing uh the new product your white rum when it comes up and uh i'm very grateful for the time that you've given me thank you very much thank you for for having me on and again it's just been an amazing uh conversation uh, and i really appreciate it thank you to find out more about food fm and our content go to foodfmradio.com 